Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Well, hi once again. This is Sue Rose Minahan with Talk Cosmos. And tonight is January 25th, and for Eastern astrology, far Eastern in China, it is the year of the metal rat. Happy New Year for the next year. And this repeats in thurs- on Thursday, rather, and that's the 30th at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we're broadcasting out of Seattle, Washington. So all this timing, of course, is Pacific time. And we are in the new archetype of Aquarius. That's the 11th sign. It's one of friendship, of brilliancy. And it happens to be really ruled by the planet Uranus, which is newly in the last year in Taurus. So there are many dynamics between the Capricornian stellium that we've been experiencing since Christmas with the solar eclipse and then the lunar eclipse and and the meeting of conjunction, as we say in astrology, of Saturn and Uranus. No, not Saturn and Uranus. That was in 2015. Thank you. But rather Saturn and Pluto. And the cycle continues. So looking at the Far East with their system of animals really relates strongly to this emphasis of Uranus because Uranus in the sign of Taurus relates to bodies, embodiment, feelings, touches, animal in a certain sense, our our basic instinctive nature because it is a pre-verbal sign along with Aries. It's before Gemini begins. So getting more information is is useful in many ways. Tonight, my wonderful speaker is Ray Sapp. Ray Sapp is an evolutionary astrologer and certified. She's also with Mountain Astrologer, which is an illustrious campaigner of keeping the wide community of astrology so vibrant through Tem Terriker's great work over the last 20 or more years. It must be longer. It must be 40 years at least. And Ray can, and can fill us in on that. He just passed, which was a tragedy that many realized because he was ill for some time. But from what I gather, his sensitivity and great warmth and spirit just well it still resonates with all of us and it's through this great effort of uh, mountain astrologer magazine so ray please fill me in on further comments on your own um, biography or or anything like that and then Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me on. Um, yes, actually, the Mountain Astrologer magazine uh, first was published in November of 1987. So mm-hmm. we are in our 32nd year. We'll be turning 33 in November. 
Um, we miss Tim dearly. It was, you know, such a, such a journey all of us went on with his uh, battle with thyroid cancer. It was an aggressive form and it went quickly. You know, he was diagnosed in October and then uh, took the eclipse out in uh, July 2019. Uh, went to the other realm where I'm sure he is looking down on us and aiding in his own ways to keep the <laughs> magazine going. Uh, and it has, you know, I work with an amazing team there. I am the operations manager at the Mountain Astrologer. So I currently have my fingers in pretty much every project, but just kind of making sure that we continue to thrive and, you know, produce a really caliber publication of this beautiful Which language we share. Which you do indeed. Uh, it's just such a, a, a marvel. And because community, especially with Aquarius, is so important. And I know other astrologers, as we were passing through this tremendous Capricornian stellium, which we're still uh, involved In. with. <laughs> yes, because the south node of the moon and the south node, I just counted. There's um, Saturn, Pluto, Mercury, I think Mercury, no, the Venus. Sun. Yeah, all of these are in close to this, you know, in, in Capricorn, close. So we're... Yeah, not Venus. Fact, Venus is in Pisces. No, no, no. I meant their south, their nodes. Their south oh, nodes. Oh, their south nodes. Yes, yes. their south nodes. Okay. It's fascinating. It's, for instance, Mercury, the south node is 13, almost 14 degrees Capricorn. Jupiter is 14 degrees Capricorn. And these are south nodes. Venus yeah. is 15 degrees south Capricorn. And I'm not giving the minutes here. Pluto is 20, which is right next, of course, to uh, the conjunction we just had. You're right. And Saturn is exactly on its own. Saturn is oh. 24. This was just as a couple of days ago. 24 degrees uh, Capricorn. 52 and Saturn itself was 2421. So the con the intensity, even in that subtlety of, and for those astrologers or non-astrologers, the South Node is where the collective energy has been for this time length. And when it comes to planets, I think it's a lot longer, which I'm not a, uh, so knowledgeable about, but it's, it's, the fact that we're all connected to that right now right. and releasing. Yes, I was going to say releasing is such a profound word to use with the South Node. And, you know, even all of us collectively having this huge cluster conjunction in Capricorn, you know, what are we letting go of when we see all these governments and structures and powers that be um, facing challenges that are going to hopefully pave the way for the end of colonialism and, you know, the dawning of a new age. You know, I think it's interesting as we are just on uh, the precipice of Aquarius season that, you know, coming out of Capricorn, it's such a dense, heavy earth, you know, it is represented by the principle of gravity. And when we meet Aquarius slash Uranus, you know, it's that defying gravity where we, you know, spread our wings and realize that we can actually use gravity as a force to help us lift off. Mm. That's beautiful. Oh my goodness. What a segue into Aquarius. And, and this whole year seems like one, 
Well, tumultuous comes to mind, but I, it, well, tumultuous can have its ups and downs, right? And, Absolutely. But it's, it's such a movement towards that other conjunction at the, in December on the 21st of the end of this year where Saturn and Jupiter make their legendary 20-year connection. But this time in an air sign legacy for 200 years connected to an 800-year mm-hmm. cycle. So when you speak of this gravity lifting us up to propel us, that gives great hope. <laughs> Absolutely. And I actually think that, you know, 2019 will probably prove to be a much heavier year than 2020, you know, because we just went through the exact conjunction and now we're going to have Saturn and Pluto separating from one another. Mm-hmm. We're also going to have Saturn, you know, enter Aquarius in March uh, and then go back into Capricorn in July before it re-enters Aquarius at the end of the year. Um, and I think, you know, a powerful connection um, to be made is that, you know, this Saturn-Jupiter conjunction that's going to be in Aquarius is going to trine the last one of the last times they were conjunct in Libra. You know, while their conjunctions have been not in air signs, that was the one exception in what was it, eighty one, early eighty one, or not? Yes, nineteen eighty, or it could have been early eighty one, but it's every twenty. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that that kind of early 80s period, we see both of these, you know, this, the last Saturn Pluto conjunction well, it would have had to be, excuse me, um, but Ray, it would have had to been in 1980, because Libra is back in October, you know what I mean? Because they were conjunct in Libra. So it would have had to been I don't know when their exact conjunction oh, no. was, but I know that it was yeah, like late 80, early 81, that Saturn yeah, and yeah, Jupiter yeah, were exact. conjunct in Libra. Um, but yeah, so it's going to try that and again, kind of take us into, um, the next few conjunctions being in air signs instead. Um, but again, that kind of revisitation of that early eighties period where we had the Saturn, Jupiter and Libra, and then we also had the Saturn Pluto and Libra and now us in the Capricorn and Aquarius, It's kind of growing on, you know, the Libra being the lover's element and then both uh, Capricorn and Aquarius being parental and community oriented. Well, it does bring to mind the cardinal axis. They're all action cardinal signs and the Libra with the other, particularly because we have Mars, well, first Venus and then Mars having the retrogrades and So there's this huge emphasis on personal, well, as you had said in the very beginning, we're having this uh, shift from the colonialism, which is patriarch and just the the, the hierarchy of me and thou instead of we. So this really, the fact that you're bringing in this reflection of the Libra, which is the other, so significant. And you know, right now, Going to the Chinese astrology of the metal rat seems like that's going to be from what little I know. And I think, but, but it does seem quite energetic about. Yes. And I feel like, especially us, you know, talking about the Chinese new year, which is the beginning of the lunar new year, which always takes place at the new moon in Aquarius. And I feel like, could we have a better representation of the energy of Aquarius other than metal rat you know (laughs) i feel like it's so encompassing um but it was interesting um you know i did a little bit of diving into 
the Chinese zodiac, and the rat is actually the first animal in their wheel. You know, the rat is considered their first zodiac sign. Yes. And um, there is a legend that the Jade Emperor, uh, who was known in Taoism as the ruler of heaven and earth, he summoned all the animals um, and told them that he was going to have a race and that the first 12 to arrive would be slotted in order uh, and given a spot on the wheel. And one of the legends within that was that um, the house cat was really good friends with the rat and told him to please wake him up for the race. Um, but the rat did not wake up the cat for the race, uh, which is why the house cat does not have a spot in the Zodiac wheel. And it is said to be when they became mortal enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other things was that he also hitched a ride on the back of the ox to cross the river. Um, and when he got across, he jumped off the ox's back and ran into first place. Um, which leads us to better understand why the rat is known to be, you know, cunning and clever and kind of mischievous. Um, Or manipulative, as I have read too. (laughs) Another, a not quite so friendly term, but perhaps. Right, the shadow side of the rat. Yeah, Um, yeah. But the other thing that's interesting, you know, Jupiter being a 12-year cycle, we see that um, there is a corresponding sign that Jupiter is in with each um, Chinese zodiac animal. Again, this isn't hard and fast. You'll see discrepancies. Like, for example, my my dad was born in 1950 and has Jupiter in Aquarius, but he's a tiger. So anyways, the like natural designation is that um, when Jupiter is in Capricorn, uh, it's rat season. And then when it goes into Aquarius, that's the ox. When Jupiter's in Pisces, we have the year of the tiger. When Jupiter's in Aries, it's the rabbit. When Jupiter is in Taurus, we have the dragon. When Jupiter is in Gemini, we have the snake. When Jupiter is in Cancer, we have the horse. When Jupiter is in Leo, we have the sheep. When Jupiter is in Virgo, we have the monkey. When Jupiter is in Libra, we're in the year of the rooster. And when Jupiter is in Scorpio, we have the dog. And then finally, when Jupiter is in Sagittarius, we have the year of the pig. Um... And so I thought it was kind of neat for us to like take the angle of the correlations between Jupiter and Capricorn and some of the qualities of the rat. Um, And I feel like that clever, that cunning, uh, sometimes manipulative um, is on par, you know? Yeah. That's, I too read a little bit about the Jade Emperor and what a fascinating idea that uh, let the energies uh, work themselves out. And, you know, because our Western astrology has a system, but it's more built on life force, perhaps, and then con- interconnections, it goes on. But this idea, when you start reading some of the some of the thinking or the ways that they got across this river they had to get across a river that was another thing it was uh it reveals a whole other psyche so i'm glad you wanted to do capricorn and the rat because i was looking up a little bit of information about that too Um, well especially as you know a segue from all this capricorn energy that we're currently in into aquarius and the rat being you know jupiter and capricorn 
It did say that the optimistic, I'm reading this, approach of these people is one to be appreciated and one that takes them through the hardest moments in life because they're the perfect combination between fearlessness, fearlessness, where they have nothing to lose, and the prudence of someone who's been through a lot in life. Now, with that, because they're enthusiastic, supportive, crafty, that goes back to the other, and generous, but it's a justice seeker. And although it's not really judgmental, but they have huge expectations. Mm. Sounds like Capricorn. <laughs> yeah, it does really because, you know, our Capricorns, well, I say our, it's a wonderful climb from the depths of the sea to the lofty aspiration of the mountain that where one obtains their goals finally through mastery and passing through challenges. So, um, I like that. I also read that um, one of the things about rats is they hold the power to turn unlucky events into fortune. And again, you know, kind of going on that Capricorn theme and this Capricorn cluster conjunction, it is that element of when the world feels heavy, when things feel really tough, how do you alchemize that into gold? And you need cunning, you need cleverness, you need resilience. Yeah. It says persistence and witty humor. Witty humor. I, I think there is an objective objectivity of that where one um, humor is such an asset. So I hadn't always thought of that with the Capricornian energy. Well, Capricorn really <laughs> rules that kind of cynical humor, you know, the satire. And, you know, it's interesting. I actually, I use this. Um, a bit, but I don't know if you're familiar with the Bogart from Oh yes, uh, in Harry Potter. Oh, oh, okay, somewhat. Yes, there's many <laughs> <Somewhat>. Bogarts, <laughs> right? Many Bogarts in London. <laughs> but so in Harry Potter, you know, the Bogart it turns into whatever you are most afraid of. Mm-hmm. And what they learn in class is that the only way to defeat this thing that you're most afraid of is to turn it into something that makes you laugh. And oh. so. Right. And so I really feel like Capricorn rules that idea of, and again, on the precipice of Aquarius as well, that, you know, Capricorn and Aquarius tend to be um, the comedians of the world because, again, they can use that kind of dry, satirical humor. Um, but that boundary between fear and laughter, you know, is it That's so true? Horring? Is it, or is it horrifying or is it humorous? <laughs> yes. Is it real or is if it, what if it were, et cetera. And it, it reminds me too, when I was researching first about uh, Hermes, Mercury, you know, the God for, uh, that rules Gemini and Virgo. And that in ancient times, Babylonian and before, I believe, is that, they really felt that uh, because death and the recycling of life, you know, Hermes actually is a cycle pump and can travel down below to the underworld and as a messenger. And really it is that part of ourself that is the mortal and the spirit, the connector of all these threads. And so, but what people felt about laughter was that uh, laughter protected them, that that it was very important to laugh before praying that it was like, a, and I think because it does dispel 
must be because it dispels the fears like you were talking about. Yes. Or again, you know, the way we use language, I think, is always very illuminating. But think about the statement, dead serious. You know, if you take everything too seriously, you might as well be dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what I was just realizing? I was looking at your list because it goes right to ox. Well, they are a team, really. And, of course, in ancient astrology, too, before Uranus was seen, it was just a visible, and Saturn is the furthest visible planet that's usually, I mean, there are times you can see Uranus, but it's only a few slight moments of clarity in the sky around the the right time uh, in November. But, but the ox carried the rat there and if uh, was supposed to have gone first, except that, as you say, <laughs> the, the rat, rat jumped you know, up back knew how to the get there. <laughs> exactly. And um, so really looking at that because, in other words, the ox rules Aquarius. Yes. So, and we are at the month of Aquarius and and from ancient times, Saturn was to have ruled Aquarius, and now we have given that to Uranus since the the 1700s. I think it was 1700s, wasn't it? Yeah, because Neptune was in the 1800s, and yeah. Pluto was in the 1900s, 1930. Yes. So in some ways, uh, I mean, that's quite a relationship right there. I did look up aquarius rat also and again it takes in a lot of the aquarius aspects but it does say industrious and sharp and social with friends and i know other astrologers have mentioned if we're going to invest in anything it must be maybe the aquarian emphasis that we're all leaning through this capricorn entering into is friendships friendship in our community Yes. And what does community mean to us now, especially the way technology has changed and our ability to communicate with one another at the click of a button anywhere in the world? You know, a hundred years ago, that would have been considered, you know, magic. You know, your lover went off to war and you didn't know if you'd ever see them again, let alone be able to speak to them. Yeah. Um, and now our, like I said, our ability to connect at the push of a button is revolutionizing the way we communicate with one another, the way we relate and interact. And there are pros to that, and there's also cons. And how we navigate that, I think, is going to set the tone for this next millennia. Oh, I love your questions. They're really powerful because it's not, it is communicating and it's also communicating within ourselves as to like we go back to this idea of the patriarchy or the uh, what did you colonialism um, which again is power over next instead of just cooperative weakness yeah. and and that stems really with how we see ourselves you know that communication within this year what with venus retrograde in those times for our audience, they extend. In other words, they, uh, you know, in the retrograde, which is an illusion coming from Earth, you know, the appearance in the sky, but Optical the way it cycles. Illusion. Yes, and it seems to go backwards. But yet it's that recycling or 
maybe not all about recycling, it could be, but reassessment of what actions we took. And so it's this long from just a few weeks to months process as we go through it. And then we have Mars, which is altogether at least six months, if not longer. So we're going to be really communicating with other people and then wondering why we did. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately looking at ourselves, going, okay, what are my values? That gets back to Aranis right now in Taurus. You know, the whole thing is, I suppose, are we the rat on the ox's back or what? (laughs) 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 And reevaluating, you know, our stance and, who helped us to get to first place? You know, yeah. I think that's a big lesson of the rat is, you know, acknowledging the ox as his, you know, companion in winning. <laughs> yeah. I'm an ox. It's really interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was trying to remember what metal I am for. I mean, what energy I am if I'm the, um, but anyway, you yeah. know, I think we'll take You don't know just- your element? No, I'm trying to remember that. Okay. I don't I'm know a fire I... tiger. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yum. That's good. I'm not sure if I'm wood or, oh, I should look that up. This is really a mystery. I should have known these things. That's amazing. Well, let's take a little break and we'll have just an announcement. And at this moment, you are listening to Talk Cosmos with Sue and Ray Sapp. And we're talking about the metal rat because it's Chinese New Year and integrating the whole year into many thoughts. So thank you and we'll be right back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. Welcome. This is Amanda Pierce, astrologer and paradigm shifter, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi, again, this is January 25th, and it's repeating on the 30th. We're in the new archetype of Aquarius, and talking about the Chinese astrology, as we are one, generally, all over, and there's always messages and information. You know, the Chinese do have in their astrology, Ray. Oh, and I'm with Ray Sapp. And you can check just as a reminder, if you want to find out more about Ray, go to Talk Cosmos. You can subscribe for these shows. We'll give you a little notice in your email box. And you can go to guests and find out how to contact Ray. And there's also other 
there's a in reference, there's a moon phase, all kinds of goodies there. Well, right now, with the five elements of Chinese astrology, Ray, it's fascinating to me how that cycle of thinking, one feeds the next in growth, and then when you reverse it, destroys Destroy. it. Yeah. I, know, I do love that part of the Chinese system. And I think it's interesting that, you know, both the Vedic, um, at least in Ayurvedic, you know, Ayurveda medicine um, and Chinese medicine and the Chinese zodiac, they use the five elements versus in Western, we use four. Granted, the five elements of Ayurveda and the five elements of Chinese are different. Um, but yeah, no, especially this being a metal year uh, and we're coming out of an earth phase. You know, last year was the earth pig. Um, and actually, the last time that we had the year of the rat was in 2008, and it was the earth rat. And so the way, you know, the elements work together is earth contains metal, metal carries water, fire melts metal, metal penetrates wood. Um, so that, again, the way they all kind of interconnect is really a neat way of observing the way nature works with itself. It does. And they were, from what I was reading, water, the dew forms condensation, forms on the metal. Yes. So that's why it feeds the earth that makes the wood, if I think I've got that right, because it takes a little while to really connect how the relationship, you know, is supportive of each. Well, like you were saying, metal um, conducting water in the sense of, you know, the condensation and also that metal carries it. You know, we can, I mean, I guess you could have an earth bolt too, but. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm thinking in some ways that reminds me of electricity. I don't know if I'm reaching too much, but just the, the thought of electricity, you know, with water and the metal and con- conducting. Conducting, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But this year is a metal rat so it's supposed to be a very productive time and i'm thinking we're going through such a systematic release as we had mentioned with all this intense earth energy that it has its function i mean we need to be grounded but yet i love your idea of propelling off to new explosive paradigms <laughs> you know and yeah and so it, the idea of the rat tells me that to have new ideas, which one reads about over and over, is so positive that that is part of this energy that the East is giving us, that it is time to letting go of one thing to begin the next. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the element metal is connected with, you know, ambition, determination, and progress. It also um, correlates with the direction West autumn and dry seasons. Um, So it's interesting to see how that kind of comes into play again, particularly when we look at the Jupiter and Capricorn cycle relating to the year of the rat. Uh, Again, that ambition, determination and progress, how fundamental that's going to be to us as we try to strategize how to best, you know, navigate what can feel a lot like apocalyptic times on our earth. It, it, well, with the fires, just to bring up the obvious, and three continents with A, Africa, Amazon, and now Australia. I don't know what continents, but they're in three different continents. It's just horrific. And it is nature. Nature is really coming to talk to us in so many ways. Uranus, 
which is ruling. Yeah. And, you know, in Chinese philosophy, you know, they see fire as actually a very flourishing um, signature Mm -hmm. that it, you know, is destructive in one way, but that it clears the path for regeneration. This is excellent because there's always the positive as far as the growth looking at it from the positive look thinking of it as growth and then the shadow which would be like the the unproductive because there's for instance seeds that will only germinate if there's a fire of intensity so that's that's true fire is well it's energy to begin with i mean you look at all our fire signs aries and sag and leo it's tremendous ignition of um yeah. Yes. You know, and I thought it was really interesting too, is, you know, metal, um, this being a metal year, um, that it's very frequently associated with tools. Uh, again, that idea that we can use metal to cut earth, you know, like saws. Um, but I also feel like, you know, this being the new moon in Aquarius, Aquarius is very much linked to the use of tools, you know, our ability to master our environments. And again, that like defying gravity, defying earth by creating tools that allow us to meld it to our desires. Electronics. Um, yes. Yeah. The computers, you know, electricity, that's back to the Aranus itself. And and, and Aranus in Taurus is really heaven and earth combined, you know, the, the gods in mythology that way. No, this is, it's very appropriate. And people keep talking about artificial intelligence, AI, whether we, however we feel about it is not really going away. It's, Where? So learning, I like the word tools. It really is a matter of making things work for us, isn't it? It's... Yes. And, you know, one of the other properties that they associate with the rat is that it has an excellent memory. Um, and so, again, that kind of tying into Jupiter being in Capricorn during the year of the rat, you know, and Capricorn having ties to our ancestral lineage um, and how to kind of bring in that past life memory as we navigate this new era of AI and how we can blend with it and, you know, learn to, you know, let it be a tool, something that is of service to us rather than us becoming slaves to the technology. Yeah, it isn't in the intention, isn't it? It's that judgment and that evaluation of of values. And it also reminds me, going back to that square that you mentioned because of Libra back in 1980-81 during that time with um, the last one of the two, conju- several conjunctions ago because it's... It, Year 20 years cycle, yeah. Yeah, which was in Earth. I think that one was in Taurus, the last of the Earth cycles. It's because it's the other and it's a square has a lot of necessity to resolve something. And everything is about our relationships, our, the Mars and the Taurus and the paradigm of sexuality and who we are. And because really, if you look at the paradigm of of patriarchy it's it's well maybe i'm repeating myself but it is more the parental forces where you have the leader and the fault you know the child of, of leadership and 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 that's transposed into authorities of different sorts and it's and authorities are great 
we all want to become inner knowledgeable of of ourselves but so i suppose oh it it's dynamic you know, going to memory how does it memory that's really interesting i think it has something to do with um you know it being cunning and clever and in order to be those things you have to be able to keep lots of things in your mind small details mm. intricate webs of um understanding how things work together um, yeah yep i see i see yeah looking at some of the capricorn rat that i pulled up uh it it does say that um about some of the detail let's see they're adept at crafting the right words and easily switch from talking to a toddler or a serious conversation so that's that's pretty knowledgeable of um but it's very many positive things when i read about the animals it's like even if they use whatever means that they did to get to the their position in the race was part of a nature that's necessary so someone has to be calculating in order to be first and in this exactly. case exactly all the tools right use the ox yes, ingenuity <laughs> yeah you know i thought it was really interesting one of the other um creation legends around the chinese zodiac as far as the rat um, was the rat was um, considered to have bitten open the door for all creation, <gasps> which was why he was chosen to be first. And another thing that's neat about um, the yin-yang element of the Chinese zodiac, again, we have the yin-yang also in the tropical zodiac, um, but they had said that the theory of yin-yang had to do with how many toes each of the animals had. And that the odd, if you had odd number toes, it was yang. And if you had even number toes, it was yin. And zero toes is considered zero. But the interesting part about the rat is that the rat's front feet have four toes and their back feet have five toes, mm -hmm. making the rat sometimes considered to be both yin and yang. And again, it being the first sign, kind of actually similar to Pisces, a lot of the time we look at it, it's almost like the beginning and the end. Um, yeah. But what was neat about that is, again, in Chinese astrology, they actually also associate certain hours of the day to each animal. And so the rat rules 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. So again, we see that resonance again of he rules over the switching from one day to the next, you know, yes. from night to day, from p.m. to a.m. Yes. Well, uh, this is memorable. Talk about memorable. I will always remember that. Biting the door to open it, you know, and you think of ingesting that. In fact, uh, that does remind me that the rats eat seeds. And so it's important to eat nuts during that time. You know, the Chinese really embody a lot of this thought. But the four well, and the five, go ahead. And it really, musically speaking, too, that's the fourth and the fifth. I'm just thinking, you know, anyway. <laughs> no, I thought it was really neat. Um, and again, you know, last time that I was on the show with you and we talked, uh, we did the Capricorn archetype. And we talked a lot about the dual nature of Capricorn that, you know, in our present age, it tends to get 
masculinized a lot, but that it really does represent the dual genders. And so I thought, again, it was a really neat resonance that the rat, which occurs when Jupiter is in Capricorn, the sign of Capricorn, we again see that duality, that yin and the yang, being able to hold both of theirs, those polarity points. This is excellent. In fact, I just listened on organizational professional astrology with um, on the last talk, and it was uh, Boaz Flyer from Israel, and he talked a lot about um, transcending gender and yes, the way we and, use astrology, and also Capricorn, and the very fact of the yin uh, and and yang properties of it, which. I'm trying to grab all the details from my mind and I can't, but it is something where this factor of sharing both is what I was thinking. In fact, I, there was a class here with another astrologer and he was asking what were they and going with the paradigm that it's all alternating around the clock. But I thought about it. I thought, you know, there has to be some not so androgynous such as Mercury is often presented, but still both, uh, and it's not just the physical, it's the masculinity and the femininity, the, 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 the action going forward and the reception. And really, if not to kind of tie it together, you know, I did some work or some talks with Dana um, Bernbach on Kabbalah letters, and it just was evident, especially with Aries, how this uh, it goes back and forth, back and forth. So immediately, this aggression, what we think of the yang and the yin properties. And I think the ancients knew that. And it's only us that looks back at it and trying to understand what they were, the languages, you know, that we yes. separated and as, you know, separated everything. And it's uni unifying things is so important. I'm glad you yes. remind Agreed. people. And again, you know, we kind of see, you were talking about the androgyny of Mercury, you know, as we kind of are on this cusp of Capricorn into Aquarius season, you know, that is where we go from the dual genders to actually transcending gender. You know, we get more of the hermaphrodite archetype uh, when we get to Aquarius. Um, and again, that kind of going beyond gender or understanding the wholeness, the yes. wholeness of gender, because really looking at these ancient cos I don't know if you call it cosmology, but their cosmic senses of what they're looking at, it's really where the wholeness embodied both. Yes. So in our, rather than designating absolute roles, it's really understanding that at any given time, this action might be more emphasized for that uh, direction. And, and then, which is really this Capricornian sense because it's bringing forth uh, in a receptive way uh, and exerting. I mean, it does exert a lot of structure. It's hard not to say that isn't rather yang. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, it's such um, a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Sue. It's always nice to rap about the cosmos with you. Oh, I so enjoy it with you. And I'm not uh, ending yet, but I oh. just wanted to <laughs> remind people that they're listening to Ray Sap and it's Talk Cosmos, of course. And if because we have 
the past episodes, which you brought up. And so if a person goes to talk cosmos or now it's also listed on the podcast, uh, um, podcast one or any podcast and find out some of these other talks that we've made reference to. So with that said, back to the event of which now, um, mm-hmm. I was going to say one of the things that I thought was interesting too is while um, we are just having the lunar new year, which like I said occurs during the new new moon in Aquarius. Um, however, that actually isn't when they switch their zodiacs. While that's why the Chinese consider their new year, they don't consider the zodiac new year, i.e., the animal switching, until February fourth. And February 4th every year is when it moves to the next animal. So we don't technically enter the year of the metal rat until February 4th. Oh, and that's every year regardless? That's what I read. Um, How interesting. Because yeah. there is a zone. I did read that. It goes from the 25th to it's 15 days or something. And there's all kinds of reasons. But And I think, you know, Again, to kind of go back to the last time we had the Year of the Rat, I thought it was an interesting synchronicity that it was 2008, which was when Pluto first entered Capricorn. And now this year with the Rat, you know, we're just coming off of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. So I think, you know, analyzing things that happened that year, and again, that was a an earth rat year, and now we're in a metal rat year. And so looking at the way the elements work together in Chinese astrology, you know, that idea that earth contains metal. Um, so there is that productive or conductive element of the earth moving to metal. So coming from 2008 to this year mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, metal penetrating wood. <laughs> yes. I like Again, seeing, that. I, go ahead. Right. That large cycle. I hadn't thought of that from one uh, process from 12 years. We know Jupiter goes every 12 years, but their animals go back every 12 years too, but in different energy signs and that's uh, food for thought that's very yes. good food for um, thought because um. there is it is a productive year that's i guess what other astrologies aren't in our western astrology we know that it's more of a transition but how do we get through that transition and that's where this rat energy which is rodent and I suppose, and with the four <laughs> and the five fingers or toes, it's just beautiful. I, I love that whole totality of nine fingers. But I'm trying to see some other factors. Like, for instance, they say it's so many things that they have few friends, but they establish a special connection. So, again, that takes us back to wanting to get our community going. And... And useful in so many uh, professions and many opportunities. But what it says is work. And that must be back to that Capricorn, like you're saying, it's representing the Capricorn in the for Western astrology. Because work, if you're going to get to your goals, it's fine to know that they're going to happen because of the potentiality. But it still takes some um, 
Details. a lot of effort. Well, and it's kind of that idea of like we were saying that 2019 was this very clearing year, you know, this releasing, a lot of letting go, um, and kind of, you know, demolishing unfit structures. And so here we are with kind of metaphorically this you know, blank foundation. And so now it's like, what do we want to build now that we have demolished what doesn't work? And again, it can feel scary. It can feel like everything you've ever relied on is gone, but it's also a very powerful position to have the freedom, you know, kind of bringing in that Aquarius element with Saturn moving into Aquarius this year and Jupiter moving in at the end of the year. Um, there's going to be this breath of fresh air. There's going to be more, more expansion. You know, we've gone through this kind of contraction through the birth canal and now it's, you know, defying gravity. Let's go up. Mm. And as a good reminder that the energies are separating and looking at this too, there's the, the, but tearing things down, it's in a sense, it's a guideline how to do that productive, productively. For instance, we know that controlled fire is actually so helpful in reducing forests and, and, and that the very many indigenous uh, peoples know how to do this. Like in Australia, the, the uh, Aboriginal, is it? Uh, yeah. Aboriginal yes. people are, knowledgeable but here it says fire melts metal Mm -hmm. and uh metal penetrates wood and wood separates earth in the sense of uh tree roots breaking up soil and rock and earth absorbs water and water quenches fire so used in a productive manner that I guess not that everybody needs to remember, like running over to somebody. Oh, what is your uh, energy? <laughs> your energies. <laughs> What's your element? <laughs> yeah. But still, knowing that there are in nature somehow hints or tools or clues. Clues is the word to to manage a productive system. You know, there's so much to learn. Yes. No, I'm, I really, again, I am very attracted to lots of different systems. And I think as practicing astrologers, it's good for us to dabble in, <laughs> you know, all the different systems. And even if you aren't masters of every system, you can be knowledgeable about how the system was created and how it works together. You know, I think it's one of those things that um, a lot of people, like even when we started, you knew that you were an ox, but you didn't know you were an earth ox. Yeah. You know, people aren't <laughs> always aware of what the element is. Yeah, I was just thinking, how is earth and wood? Well, let me say that next week, I better put this out right forward, but we're having our Cosmic Collaboration panel. That's the Aquarius Cosmic Collaboration panel on the 1st of February, and then again, it'll be on the 6th on that Thursday. And it's with Amanda Pierce here in Seattle and Shannon Hayes in Seattle. And we're going to be talking about Uranus, the conductor i think i have another title for it but at any rate it's going to be uh 
quite provocative as they always are and trying to delve deep. And tonight is with Ray Sapp. And Ray Sapp, again, is very fundamentally involved with Mountain Astrologer. And if you're unfamiliar with that, do look it up. It's so worth the investment. So regardless of whatever status you're on as far as knowing astrology, it's incalculably powerful. So it's been a treat. Thank you, Sue. Yes, it's an amazing <laughs> publication. And we have, you know, articles to please all appetites. Uh, we also have a student section and we have an Eastern window. If Vedic astrology is your bent, uh, we cater to that too. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's all inclusive. It truly is. Tim did. Well, it is a productive year. And I guess it's a good year for oxes, which I would guess it would be because the ox helped that old rat. Right? <laughs> what sign are you? I'm what a animal? fire tiger. Oh, that's right. The fire tiger. Oh, I love it. I think if you're going to be any tiger, it should be fire. <laughs> which is one of those interesting things. Is So I was born in 1987, which so if you're at a Chinese restaurant and you're looking at, you know, the... Oh, yeah. The years of which animal is associated with which year, you know, which animal in which year. 87 is technically the rabbit. But because I was born January 2nd of Ooh. 1987, it's before the Chinese New Year. Because, again, you know, the Chinese New Year is taking place now. It always occurs about the end of January, early February. So I am considered born in 86 in their calendar year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that so I think it's bell. always something for us you know early january babies to keep in mind as they are considering which chinese animal they are well again that brings us back to this amazing relationship between past and present and the nodes with our lunar nodes right now being in cancer is what we're going forward and releasing some of the structures that are crystallized and no longer performing which is this huge transition so we're all kind of inching and galloping and sinking and elevating and leaping <laughs> for maybe that's it we all need to leap forward <laughs> right leap gracefully into the year of the metal rat <laughs> yeah and again i think the metal rat is incredibly fitting for us re-entering the roaring 20s yeah let's oh <laughs> it isn't that some something drums. Yeah, I hear it now. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat. tat 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 tat, -tat. <laughs> That's how it... <laughs> oh, that'll be our mantra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're going to Zion this year. That's the OPA retreat. But if so, it'll be... Uh... I am trying to make that happen. So oh, goody. We'll <laughs> yeah, and for those that aren't aware, there are these conferences that increasingly happen in different memberships with astrology. There's so many ways to connect um, and learn and expand. And, and really, this business of the social part, very important for our communities. And so thank you. We will celebrate once again another New Year's and appreciate everybody listening. And it's just been a pleasure. So go and listen to past recordings with Ray and myself and we'll try to do more of these great thanks so much sue <laughs> all right good night good night thank you for listening to talk cosmos this show where sue rose minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness 
Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.